0: Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Rev. Steve Andrews. Today, as we look at 1 Samuel chapter 5, uh, we reflect on the Ark of God being captured by the Philistines and what that means for them as God starts to, to mess with them. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of Yahweh. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of Yahweh. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priest of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. The hand of Yahweh was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, The ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us, and against Dagon our God. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines, and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they brought the ark of the God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of Yahweh was against that city, causing a very great panic. And he inflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron, But as soon as the ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought around to us the ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people. They sent therefore and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its own place, that it may not kill us and our people. For there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumors and the cry of the city went up to heaven. So a question to jump right into the text, especially for our little ones, is Dagon a god? As Christians, we believe that there is only one god, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We have trouble defining what that really is because it's a little beyond our understanding, but... Um, we have one God and three persons. We don't believe there are any other gods, even though the world does. and The world has all kinds of gods, of false gods that it worships. But they're false, they're fake, they're not real. And Dagon is among the list. Dagon is the god of the Philistine people, a false god that they worship, and so they have captured the throne of God, and they bring it back to this temple of Dagon. The city of Ashdod is deeper into the Philistines' territory. It's near the Mediterranean Sea, so there's a little distance over to Israel from this. They set the ark in their temple, right next to the idol of their god. So again, it's a picture of a polytheistic culture. They believe there are many gods. And so as they capture the symbol and sign of one of those gods, they decide, let's put it in our temple. Now we've got two gods in our temple. Except they wake up the next morning and their false idol has bowed down before the throne of the one true king. It's a really impressive thing. God has done this, but... It is true that all of creation, when we think of the actual creation around us, the earth and all it contains, all of creation worships the Lord. It knows its creator. And so I can't tell you if this idol of Dagon, the statue that they had made of their false god, was made of stone or wood. But either way, it's made out of the stuff God created the earth with. And so creation is worshiping the Lord right here. Pretty neat stuff. It also connects to Philippians 2, where we read about Jesus and his humility and then his exaltation. And as he's been exalted, we read that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So here, even this idol is bowing before the Lord they don't learn the lesson from day one. So they go ahead and set Dagon back up and they come back in the next day and Dagon has been decapitated. His head has been chopped off and his arms have been chopped off and they're just lying there before the, before the throne. The torso is, is before the throne and the, the other parts have been placed on the threshold which makes the people think that the threshold is somehow, um, it's something they became superstitious about. I'll put it that way. This is an ancient warfare symbol. I mean, this is the kind of thing you would do to your enemy on the battlefield. Cutting off their limbs, cutting off their head. Their God has been defeated. Yahweh, the God of Israel, has slain Dagon, the God of the Philistines. That's the image right here. In verse 6, now that Dagon is out of the way, God is now fighting against the Philistines. He is afflicting them um, because they have sinned against him. Now they, re- they realize what's happening. Verse 7, they say, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us. Now, A question we can ask one another, what should they have done? How should they have responded to this situation? The answer that we're going to be looking for there is the idea that they would repent. But they didn't necessarily have to give up the ark per se, probably did, but... The the result should have been faith. Our God is not the true God. This God is is at the very least bigger and better. We should worship this one. It's hard to say if they come to that conclusion. Most likely they don't, knowing how the history books continue to play out between Philistines and Israel. But they continue to move the ark around. It goes from Ashdod to Gath. Same thing happens in Gath as the people are afflicted. They take it from Gath to Ekron. And there the people of Ekron cry out saying, oh, they're trying to kill us. Word was traveling of what the ark, this throne of God, was doing to the Philistine people. And so ultimately they decide to send it back. And they do. But verse 12, the cry of the city went up to heaven. That's the closest we get here to the idea of them repenting. So they return the ark, and the cries of their cries go up to heaven. It sounds like repentance. It is at least repentance in the sense of the the word itself. Repentance means to turn away from one thing and turn to another. They have turned away from what they've done. But I'm not so sure that they actually turn to Yahweh to trust in Him. I pray I'm wrong. It would be nice for them to be with us in paradise. The, the more at the wedding feast, the grander it will be. We will get to enjoy paradise with our creator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord.